There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Jeffrey Cork. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Real good. You make it seem like nothing is weird about this. It's been a been a little bit. It's been a long time. This podcast started in 2013. Uh-huh. We went through every episode of the original series of the Twilight yep. Zone. Then, as far as I can remember, we took like a four-year nap or something yeah. like that. Uh, if I do recall, I think we came back and talked about a most unusual camera for some reason. <laughs> yeah, there was another podcast. That's another right. Twilight Zone podcast. We teamed up with... I think we uh, were ungracious guests and basically took over so get out of the way is this a live podcast feed let me yeah. add it turn our mics up louder Hanson. <laughs> and you know i say so many people but that's a very uh ego filled statement but at least 11 people have what? asked are you guys going to come back and bring back the old podcast for the jordan peele twilight zone and the answer is ah, no we can't we can't no. we can't because we can't this is very dumb but literally what happened is we don't know the login for the iTunes account for the old podcast. So it's like, all right, I guess that's just dead forever, but there are ways around it. Jeff Russia, if you're listening, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, that's just a joke that everyone laughed at. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, but hey, we're back. We're and back. Some say better than ever. Well, you know, it, it, it's remained to be seen. We can always snip that part out. Exactly. Jordan Peele's back. Yes. Holy God, Twilight Zone is back. People are really cashing in their Twilight Zone fandom cards. And I don't know your attitude towards this, but I feel like a little bit of a snob. I feel like a huge snob. Because everyone's like, oh, I watched so much Twilight Zone as a kid. I'm on top of this. I am so ready for this new show. And I just sit back and say, oh, yeah? Did you review every episode and talk about it for at least four confused minutes? I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone. You got Dan Aykroyd. You got John Lithgow. (laughs) You got the greats. It happens every once Rest in peace. It's a weird attitude to be a dumb snob about. I feel like this carries over into so much Mm -hmm. of the hype around the new show and stuff like that as well. Like even interviews with Jordan Peele where it's just like, oh man, Twilight Zone is one of the greatest shows of all time, which I think we both agree but then just, you know, certain things like in this IndieWire interview, Jordan Peele's like, there were just some things that Sterling was Sterling was simply 50 years too early to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's I was like, what? And we wanted to sidestep that with our <laughs> with our reinvention of the show. We haven't talked about our feelings on the new episodes at all yet, but that's the point of this. But it's just, I feel like there's a reverence for Twilight Zone. Yes. And it again falls into that camp of people have seen the highlights they've seen the reruns they've mm-hmm. seen the marathons yes and i feel like we have a different perspective because yes. watching every episode there are so many duds in that the original good, yeah batch. the good episodes definitely rise to the top and so like, great the top 25 percent of twilight zone episodes absolute some classics. of the best tv of all time yep. yeah then you have that other three quarters <laughs> <laughs> which is like well i went back because i remember there being fun stats that uh, a fan kept track of for us like in an excel spreadsheet and stuff mm-hmm. and i went back to our Mega Franklins. Remember we used to do this awards show called The Franklins? How can I forget? When we were young and vibrant. Six years ago, Jesus. <laughs> well, it might be five. But um, but in that, I remember we had some fan made the official review, like average review score for all of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Do you remember what your number was averaging all episodes together, oh, scale of one through ten? I bet it's like a 5.8. Oh, 
No. No? You're very generous. Your overall review score for the Twilight yeah. Zone was 6.21. Oh. Mine was 6.09. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but again, one of the greatest shows of all time, just yeah. to be very clear. Because you got a lot of ones and a lot of tens. Right. It's just how math works. That's how math Look works, baby. Um, even It's funny, like, this Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele sensation. Everybody's gaga over this guy. Gotta get a piece of this guy. We both like Get Out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen a a ton of Key and Peele, but like the sketches I've seen, very funny. Yeah. No no debate here. But there's like this worship. I haven't seen Us yet. I'm actually seeing it tonight. Oh, I want to see that as well. But it's interesting because even in talking about Us, he's brought up the mirror image a lot, that old Twilight Zone episode. Like I was really inspired by the mirror image for Us. Uh I was like, God, the mirror image. I remember it's that bus stop one. Right. I went back and watched it again. Yeah. That episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it super sucks. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the best case of mystery, build up, build mm-hmm. up, build up, conclusion. I don't know. It turns out, yeah, just somebody came out of a mirror and then chased a bus down a road and it looked really dumb. Kind of a St- Stephen King arc in many ways. I guess just so. just like, how's this end? Rod Serling, we need you. Get on the stage. <laughs> so Jordan Peele's back and better than ever. Here yeah. we go. So there's a lot of hype about this. Like, yes. You know, they said he was going to be bringing it back and we didn't really know what capacity. It was just like his name was associated with it. Right. They had that big trailer for the Twilight Zone uh, during the Super Bowl. It's cool. Where like fake interrupted the broadcast, which apparently made some football fans mad. Oh, really? Um, I don't know. That's what I heard. But then again, that's kind of like according to popular culture like people were panicking the streets with the war of the world's broadcast yeah and people were like gouging their eyes out after seeing avatar like i can't imagine anything so beautiful ever again (laughs) exactly making myself blue (laughs) um yeah so then the trailer was interesting kind of piqued interest and and then it's on cbs all access was kind of like the monkey's pod twilight zone twist of its own where you're like wait this is thing with the good what else could i watch the good fight and reruns of survivor i don't know why it's on CBS All Access. Are they trying to put their most interesting shows behind the gate because they care more about the subscription than the main channel well, at I this point? One of the things it lets them do is they can say fucking shit and they can have episodes that vary wildly in length. Yes, which we'll is... We'll get into specifically, I'm sure, more so, but... Well, no, I think it's worth talking about right yeah. now because it's interesting because, yeah, the first episode here is an hour long mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, oh, okay, so they're going for like Season four of Twilight Zone. The strongest or, season. <laughs> well, yeah. The reviews didn't exactly pan out. By the way, it's like, I think it was seasons three and four were the lowest reviewed from us overall mm-hmm. for the original run. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I wonder what the other reboots did. So I looked into it a little bit. Uh, but it turns out the 80s Twilight Zone, when they rebooted that, the first season started as an hour show. Mm-hmm. And then seasons two and three shifted to 30. Yeah. Uh, and the 2000s reboot was all 30-minute episodes. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's weird because the second episode is what, like 37 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, close to it. Yeah. So it's just all over the place, however long the story needs to be. But I like that idea. Yeah. But I would also argue without tipping my hand that I don't think that they have a good idea of how long an episode needs to be. I think, well, yes, without tipping my hand, I feel like the first episode is very much like, let's just go for Black Mirror. And Black Mirror goes for an hour, so let's just go ahead and yeah. do that, right? I mean, it's tough. It's so sad to talk about Twilight Zone reboot and be like, they're kind of copying Black Mirror. We're going to be clearly, talking about that a lot. I yes. Suspect. Especially because the first episode here, the director uh, worked on a lot of Black Mirror episodes. Hey, real quick, before we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, CBS All Access. Yeah. got like a free trial mm-hmm. that you could do for us like a week for free. Yeah. And then they jack up the price to whatever it is, like how much, 10 bucks a month or something? We'll find out, won't we? Yeah, I guess, I guess. At least my wife will. I signed up under her Amazon account. But this is going to sound like the complete old guy complaining that he has to watch commercials before a movie. Yeah. I'm paid for like whatever it is a month, and then I have to sit through commercial breaks that are like a minute and a half long. 
and they are so poorly implemented in the show. Uh-huh. Like they do the thing where it's like a computer like injects where it thinks the gap is, but then it's off by like a second. So like when it comes back from break, you still hear the remainder of the sting. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> it super sucks. That's like the CBS video player over on 60 Minutes website. It's an effing nightmare where the ads are always like twice as loud oh. as the show. Oh. And it's like, uh, it's, you can pay for more and not and have ads in it, which I really? is what I did. All Access Pro? It's the premium account. Oh, Jordan Peele gave me a little Christ. wink because he's very much on board. Uh, Jordan Peele hosting. Yes. Uh, what do you think of that in general? I think it's interesting. It, it's a... I think it is an unwinnable situation because if I'm not mistaken, right. the other reboots never had an on-air presence. They had 80s, like a narrator. They had the, yeah, they had VO. 2000s, yeah. they had Forrest Whitaker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. I didn't watch... I don't think I've ever seen a 2001. I think I just watched some clips on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Okay, that counts. You're an expert. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, I think... Like, he, it's an unwinnable situation. It's very tough. And you don't want to be an impersonator of Rod Sterling. Yeah, I think the part that bugs me about it, just to start out on a negative note, which sucks, because I think people are excited about this. Absolutely. And they should be, because Rod Sterling's the best. But the part that's so weird that's is, eight. it's weird when it's a character or an actor on screen that we've seen do 3,000 comedic characters mm-hmm. coming from a sketch background. So when you see him trying to be cool and mysterious, it's like, there's not an ounce of me that buys it. Whereas every time uh, Sterling was on the screen, it's like, this is just Rod Serling. He is, you know, just a, a hunk of a man. He's just one solid rod. You know what I mean? Like, there's no mystery. I don't think there's extra layers going on there. No. Although it turns out behind the scenes, he was just really nervous on camera. Maybe that's only that's extra layer. smoking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> what's that stupid song that we always used to sing? What? The song with the guy in the banjo in the woods. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Hey, it's the Rockabilly Kid. It's the, <laughs> oh, am I, oh, am I. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what was going on in Rod Serling's head. <laughs> yeah. During every episode. But there's just something weird about seeing Jordan Peele on screen and just thinking like, well, he's just doing a character of a cool, mysterious guy who raises his eyebrows at the end. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to get a load of this? I think he does a good job, though. I think, yes, I like it, but I, I understand he does come with a fair bit of baggage. Right. And it's also... Just to get this Jordan Peele stuff out of the way, it's very tempting to be like, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. There are a lot of executive producers on this show, like Simon Kinberg. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like, well, the first two episodes, you know, Jordan Peele, he was involved with the story, like breaking the story for the second one. He's in mm-hmm. the credits there amongst two other writers. And yeah. then there was one person who actually wrote it. Yeah. You know, and the first one, it's not like he directed or wrote either of these first two episodes, at least. Mm-hmm. I hope one of these he actually wrote or directed directly. And I'm sure he's involved in the room, writer's room and stuff like that. But it's just weird to see so much love about Jordan Peele's Rod Zone. It's like, mm-hmm. well, sure, in a way. Yeah. You know, like so, those episodes that Rod Serling... Well, I'm guessing Rod Serling was much more involved than Jordan Peele is. Yeah. For all those that even he didn't write back then. But I would love to read more interviews with Jordan Peele to better understand exactly where this whole thing's I suspect from. that for the time being, at least, they're not going to want to tell you, oh yeah, he just kind of swoops in at the last second, records his I, stuff. And, and I'm not saying out. it's that. I'm just saying it's yeah. not as Jordan Peele as everybody, I think, would like to connect it with. Yeah. You know? Um, let's see. As far as why they're bringing it back, Jordan Peele says in this IndieWire interview, one of the things that we kept coming back to was the timing felt right for bringing it back because it's one of the sentences you hear often. Like once a week for the past couple of years, it feels like we're living in the effing twilight zone. That was the signal. Oh, really? Let's make them watch the effing Twilight Zone. Huh. God, can you imagine if people were like, oh, geez, this is reminiscent of the television program Land of the Lost. You mean the Will Ferrell remake? Also, no, be fair, a better weekly show. 
People also say it's a real Sophie's Choice a lot. We're not reaping <laughs> Sophie's oh God. Choice. You know You're I mean? absolutely right. Uh, so the first episode we're talking about here is The Comedian. The Comedian. The Comedian. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take it away. Sure. If you feel confident running through this plot. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just like is a point of, this isn't a point of clarification. I'll just say this. To establish what's going on, I watched both of these episodes twice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So I watched the first time. I just pointed my eyeballs at the screen, did not have any distractions because I wanted to suck it in uh-huh. as best I could. The second time, I took notes and may or may not have looked at my phone once or twice. <laughs> um, Speaking of eyeballs on the screen, the intro, I think, is interesting. Well, I'm going to get to that oh, when okay. I talk to... Because the intro is not how the show starts. Right. So we have a, call, a cold opening. Uh, we've got... Uh, Camille Nanjiani is playing a character named Samir, who is a comedian, and he's on stage, and he's doing this bit about the Second Amendment, and how people are always complaining that people are putting regulations on the Second Amendment, which you can't do because it's a constitutional uh, right that we have. But it American starts citizens. with a well-regulated. But it starts with the words a well-regulated, which those words are 11.1% of the Constitution, which... I do uh, like that you have to hear that joke over and over again. Well, we'll get to that, too. He, he completely, he's, he's bombing. There are a couple of chuckles when he's like, imagine if your pilot told you we have an 89% chance of landing mm-hmm. or whatever. And everyone's like, huh, yeah. That's it. And then he, <laughs> he see ya. And then he walks over to the bar and he's like, eh, something cheap and brown, no ice. And he runs into another comedian named Dee Dee. And she's really kind of, they have like a, not a flirty rapport, but kind of a, a familiar, like, Kind of a rivalry going on, right. it looks like. They're, they're comedians who are both trying to get theirs. And then there's another guy who's kind of like a gross sleazeball named Joe Donner in the corner. And Samir makes a reference to that guy having uh, murdered somebody at some point. It's irrelevant. And Dee is like, no, no, the court cleared him a murder. You know, and he's like, ah. Real yeah. quick. Yeah. Joe Donner. Joe Donner, yeah, obviously. You think that's just an homage, a little Easter yeah. egg oh, reference? Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of names that'll pop up that are like, clear references to former directors of right. episodes or writers of episodes. Yes, yeah, so the original series. Of characters yeah. from the original series. Yeah. So then uh, Samir's at the bar and he sees uh, J.C. Wheeler, who's a notoriously popular, at one point, comedian. It who, seems like the mold is kind of an Eddie Murphy type. Kind of an right? Eddie like, Murphy where type. Where have you been? Where have you been? It's play, uh, he's uh, Tracy Morgan's portraying him. He's, he's a comedian who disappeared and Samir's like, hey, can I get some notes? And uh, then he starts talking about his dog and the guy's like ah that's funny and then he's like oh check this out then starts rolling into a second amendment bit again and he's like Fuck politics audience don't want to know about what you think they don't care about what you think they want you and samir thinks you know he's like well i think comedians should provide insight not just cheap jokes about mm-hmm. you know airlines and dogs and cats and stuff like that and then um jc wheeler says well you are a country with one export and you are the export and then kind of cuts ahead. But there's, yeah, there's no snapping of the fingers. There's, there's no, like, are you sure you want this? Yeah. It's a very soft conversation. I had to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I'm like, is, did I miss some, like, moment mm-hmm. or real like that, instigating? There's not, there's not, like, a musical cue of, like, strings or something. And maybe Boom. we're too cued into old Twilight Zone yeah. to expect that. This is new, modern age. No cues necessary. Right. So then we go back. Uh, this is an hour long. I'm going to try to keep it rolling as quickly as I can, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the other comedian, Joe Donner's on stage and he's like, Hey, finishes up his act. You can tell he's like a Sam Kinison shock comedian. He's like, Hey, you're, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then he takes the mic, burps into it, blows it in Samir's face. Very fun. It's a, he, he, the guy, a clear big brother 
maneuver there. Uh-huh. And then uh, Samir gets on the stage again and he does his Second Amendment bit. And it goes particularly... I wonder what, what is going on with this comedian, this uh, comedy club, by the way. It's called Eddie's. And Samir apparently is no good. He's yes. been doing We Learned for five years. And does he have like a like a residency there? Like, does he know the owner? It's confusing, yeah, because the storyline requires that he suck as a comedian, right? Or maybe he's working hard. He's just trying to get into politics. That might be the easy read. Or he's trying to you know trying have a different message. Something changing. But it is weird because like this is a nice comedy club, and yeah. all the other comedians are good. Everyone. Why are they killing. tolerating this effing guy? Yeah, and he's like the closer for the night. Or, right. Right. Or maybe he's the flicking the light switch on and off like hey you don't have to you know go home yeah. basically whatever so yeah his jokes are not great and then then he kind of pivots to talking about his dog taking a shit and then there's a titter and it kind of spreads and suddenly uproarious laughter about these jokes and you're kind of like these jokes aren't that funny uh-huh. which is kind of the point right and then he just goes on and on and also, on about I- his dog taking a shit and like his dog pissed on his pizza and he's like, I gotta be fair, I should have been yelling at it when it was standing on my pizza. I like that joke. That's okay, fair. that's all. The rest of the jokes, it's funny because like as the episode goes on and he has to kind of make more of these jokes that aren't really jokes, it kind of just turns into like light sarcasm and like that's enough to make the crowd laugh. Yes. It's funny like seeing Kamel Nanjiani who plays the main character here like trying to come up with or I assume the writers trying to come up with those jokes that aren't mm-hmm. really jokes but enough to get a crowd reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that, that actually the, that pulls back though, and that's the first time that we see the entire stage, which has a nice reference to uh, the old episode, The Masks, because you see like the comedy, like the comedy oh, and drama uh, masks on the side of the stage. Are they? Do they look like the old masks? They look like the old masks I missed that, that they wore. Completely. Yeah, oh, that's pretty very sweet. fun. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of little things like that that are kind of rewarding if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> so he may, everybody's like, "Hey, everybody, hey, we love you," and he goes home, and his his girlfriend Janice uh, sleeping, and he's like. He talks about the dog. Hey, where's Cat? You know, the dog's name is Cat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what dog? We don't have a dog. And he's like wandering around and looking through his phone. You're like, so annoying. Yeah. And he's like, huh? And then we get the intro from Jordan Peele. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting at a table and he's kind of awkwardly holding a notebook, mm-hmm. which he then like places down very deliberately uh-huh. and kind of, you know, does the whole Twilight Zone intro. It's... Do you have it written down, or is there anything memorable about that? Uh, it seemed like a fairly... No, I think, yeah, I think for the first two episodes, they both are a little uh, fine, nothing... but basic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we see the opening credits, which this is yes. about 11 minutes into the episode. It's crazy how long it is, yeah. Yeah, because I, when I was like, are we going to get the intro? So the, the opening, let's talk about the opening. Let yeah. me just walk you through it really quick. You've got like oh, a, boy. a door in the distance opens... You see into a hallway that warps at the end. You see mm-hmm. these planets that turn into marbles that drain, and then another window opens. There's a planet that rotates. It's the eyeball. Does that freak you out right there? Eyeball, yeah. Because you hate that. But I love the idea of the planet becoming the eyeball. That's fun. Yeah, it's neat. The and music it, is like really subdued, which it doesn't really scream Twilight Zone to me. I think they're going for more subtlety. Like they must not have liked the... Oh, the music? Yeah, the music is there, but it is... I don't think they're going for subtlety. That entire intro just feels like... Twilight Zone greatest hits. Let's just throw it in people's face yeah. exactly what they expect from this, which uh, when the rest of the show might be trying to be a little more yeah. subtle with the homages and stuff. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it just being so blatant of like, F it, we're bringing the eyeball back. But no, it's fun because like... No, visually, absolutely. But I think right. the music is sure. not... It's not like they're doing like a... Like, this is just a louder version of it. It's like, it's really muted. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember they changed the intro so many times for the mm-hmm. old series, and I remember this version of the intro, like this exact narration. This must be like season five mm-hmm. or something like that. I wish I would have looked it up. Yeah. 
takes his nephew to the club, right? And then there's people on the phone during the act, and then he starts like riffing on his nephew, like, "Hey, you're like my kid, who's my nephew who's addicted to screens." And then, whoa, 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 whoa. Gaffaz, the jokes again are lame on purpose because as you're slowly dawning on what's going on here, which the viewer will figure this out way faster than <laughs> Samir does, that he's telling jokes about things that he knows or people that he knows, and they get warped away from existence. Which, with the nephew, when that happens, correct me if I'm wrong, but they play a little bongos. Yeah, as a reference, it's a good life, yeah. which is fun. And so only that one time, I believe, but it's yes. like, oh, is this going to be the big theme? Oh, no, okay, never mind. Yeah, 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 because he's like, he's like, hey, give it up for Devin, and then he looks at the chair and notices it's yep. empty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, so he walks around, and he's like, hey, has anybody seen Devin? And he's backstage, and Dee Dee's like, I don't know what you're getting at. That's weird. And at that moment in the background, you can see Willie the dummy. Very fun. Very fun. <laughs> From the episode of that? The Dummy. And what's the other episode that Willie's in? They, guy, they made <sighs> Goofy Goggles. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forget. But yeah, he comes back again. Yeah. So he goes home after trying to find Devin, and his girlfriend is hanging out with uh, this guy named David, who's her mentor. She's <clears> an attorney. <throat> And they're having a great time, and he, she's confused because she's like, what is Devin? And he starts freaking out because, again, he still has not put this together that, like, if he's talking about people, they disappear or dogs. Then he's like, ah, he never existed, so it's not like he's dead. I didn't kill him. And she's like, Ugh. I do love that idea, by the way. Yes. Also, yeah, like Tracy Morgan's character brings it up later, but that's such mm-hmm. a fun concept of like, look, you don't need to feel guilty. Yeah, they didn't, didn't murder anybody, which yeah. is one of the most interesting nuggets to think about mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and she gives him a pep talk about, she's like, you know, you've been doing this for five years and she doesn't say you've been sucking it up, but it's pretty clear that's what's going on. She's like, yeah. people are getting into it now. You know, you got to get more personal in your act. So then he does his Second Amendment starter too. Like at this point, I've, when it's all said and done, he will have done this Second Amendment bit five times. Yeah. Just to cut right to it. It's and nice. It's very nice. So he tries to like double down. And he's like, eh, that doesn't work. He's like, so I got this nephew and the absolutely no response. It's like, mm-hmm. that fuel source has been expended. And right. he's like, how about this uh, president? Yeah, it's this very funny. super sucks. No response. So it's like, they're kind of establishing the rules in a way. I love this. Yeah. And, and it's, as the episode goes on, they continue to define the rules as he mm-hmm. toys around with it because then it becomes clear that it's not, it's people that he's emotionally invested in. Yes. It seems to be the soft rule that's established. And that's mm-hmm. one of the most fun things of the episode for yep. me is trying to figure out what the exact limits are. And like, yes. he can call people out in the crowd and it'll work mm-hmm. for them. But he yeah. can't randomly pull from other people yeah. unless there's some emotional impact on him. Yep. So then he's like, oh, uh, give it up for the guy before me, Joe Donner. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. he right, starts right. talking about. You know, this guy, he, he killed, you know, he killed a mother and child at a bus stop across the street. If you saw that, it was his greatest work, whatever. And everyone's loving it. And then Joe disappears. Bloop. And then he goes outside and the bus stop is still intact because that guy didn't exist. So it's affecting the past also, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, so then Samir's in his bed looking at social media because at this point he's finally pieced it together. He's like, oh. So then he's telling jokes about high school classmates. Like one guy killed his fiance. Yeah. And... Uh, Going through Facebook to try and remember, like, who do I want to kill, basically? Yeah, exactly. He's a superhero. He's a superhero. Then he's, like, talking about this coach that he'd heard who was, like, a sex pervert. And uh, then he's looking in the notebook, which is what the uh, Peel was looking at. Yeah. Peel was looking at at the beginning. And it's just basically a bunch of names that he's crossing off. Sloppy Steve was on there, which I thought was weird. (laughs) Sloppy Steve. Uh, And then he gets in a fight with his girlfriend about David the Mentor. So you can see where this is going. Uh and he's on the uh, on the bus. He's like trying to track down a, this this creepy skinhead looking dude who's right, probably a murderer. Right. And he brings him up. No response from the crowd at all. Yeah, because he has no investment. Exactly. But then he see he starts talking about 
hey, David the Mentor, right? Everyone's laughing, and even she's laughing at mm-hmm. it. So it's kind of this weird intoxicating spell that's cast over people, because when they're he's done telling the joke, these people don't remember what they were laughing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's always just unclear, like, what are you t- just leave me alone, dude. Like, I don't want to talk about what I was laughing at, whatever. Like, yeah, we just crossed the threshold of the comedy club. You go, you were, like, wetting your pants with <laughs> laughter, and you, now you don't know that I have a nephew. Yeah. You know, that was the whole, it was literally the whole joke, I have mm. a nephew. I wonder how much of the casting process for the girlfriend was just how good of a laugher she is. Mm. Because she's a very good laugher. She's a really good laugher. And maybe if you're an actor, that's, like, the easiest thing. Is like, wait, really? You guys are worried about mm-hmm. laughing on cue? <laughs> yeah. How easy that is? So he talks to to Raina after the after sh- set, and then she's like, "I gotta get back to work." And he's like, "Why?" And as it turns out, and now that David, the mentor, is gone, she's not a lawyer. She works at a restaurant, and he's like, "Oh, he doesn't have a career without David." It's like I noticed a theme in the, at least these two episodes mm-hmm. is that the creators of the show think you are very dumb. Uh, so like he's really spelling it out for you, like. This is why I, I don't think this episode is going to be 55 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> like, we you. get it. We yeah. get it. Okay, so then he's like, they get another fight, and she's like, we're all just background ma- for you, material, and she breaks up with him. So mm-hmm. then he goes to the apartment, and he throws the notebook, and he's just so mad. And the apartment's pretty shabby looking. And it really primes the pump for, like, oh, he's mad at his girlfriend. He's mad at his girlfriend. Here it comes. Watch out. So Samira's super bummed out, and his career's taking off, though, and apparently there's a spot on the show, The Candy Gower Hour, or The Gower Hour, and there's one spot for this to be cast, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so he starts with the Second Amendment joke, and then he starts talking to the football coach, and nobody likes it. He's getting heckled by these three guys, and he asks their names, and two of them give their names, and he starts, like, making jokes about them, and everyone's laughing, and then they disappear, and then, like, the one remaining guy is there, but he's with a girl now. Right, right. Which is kind of fun. So then, Gabe and Will, yeah, they vanish. And then, a little more backstory, like, Dee Dee... Didi's, they're there backstage rather, and then Didi's like interacting with Samir. Samir's like, I don't want this job. You can have it. She's like, No, we're going to compete for it. You deserve it. So then uh, JC Wheeler pops in and he's vaping and he says that, Hey, I just got you. You got what you wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the a little earlier than that, the club owner walks in and he looks like, if you watched the series of unfortunate events, he looks like one of Count Olaf's alter egos. He's wearing like this weird, burgundy leather jacket like a really loud floral shirt it's like what show did you pop in from <laughs> like very strange character but yeah and jc wheeler's just kind of menacing and like hey you get what you want just go for it you know yeah. bring the motherfucker down uh-huh. that kind of thing or whatever so then uh dd did really well samir gets up there and he follows him he's like keep it going keep it going he's like getting more and more desperate as the laughter dies then he then he says her name he's give it up for dd mm. and she's gone so then he's ranting on stage and a recollection of names. It's just like this greatest tits of... He just explodes. Just yeah. random, like the editing on it is very nice. He's just like, oh, hey, hey what's up with Chuck from Cods? F*** you, Doug. Right, going right. on and people are like, ah, and at one point this lady falls out of a chair. He's like, oh, I like that. He says, thank you, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest part this, of the whole thing. It's just like... This oh. part drove me nuts because it's just like, I know it's dumb to criticize it compared to the ultrawide zone which was so cheesy but mm-hmm. like just like the wide angle lens the camera going right in people's faces as they're laughing all that nonsense it's like okay this is so okay for this entire sequence but sure let's roll with it exactly and then Rena comes in and she's like hey I've got your notebook of materials it's just a bunch of names Samir what the hell yeah and he's like she's like I dare you to use me for fuel and then he's like oh he shifts over and he's talking about this person he's known for a long time and they're really great mm-hmm. you'd think they'd be a good person and all this stuff they're so talented 
Then he starts talking about himself. Yeah. So he rants about being a garbage can, <laughs> just saying his own name. He's like, I bid Samir Wasan. And then the microphone drops. And standing ovation. The people in the crowd are loving it. Yep. But then they don't know what they just saw. Then they're just like, uh, dazed. Kind of like when a, the house lights go on at a concert. And everyone's like, all right. So then the nephew is back. We cut to that. And he's talking to the Reina. And she's like, say hi to Didi. Didi was great. So then they walk off. And then Didi runs into J.C. Wheeler, who's at oh, the bar. No. And she's like, hey, if you have any notes. Because he's like, I saw your set. It was funny. Do you have any notes? So then Jordan Peele, Peele does his exit. And then we pan over. One of the things we did not talk about the entire time is the, the comedy club itself has uh, this giant mural yeah. behind the the bar kind yep. of in stage. So, And the mural is just a bunch of people sitting there. So it mm-hmm. looks like there's an audience. And they're like, at first I thought it was because there's a seam where the, the, the prints didn't line up. So one of the faces looks really distorted. But the more you look at it, there's like definitely an eye of the beholder distortion to a lot of the audience members. That's really unsettling. Oh, okay. People are kind of flattened out their features and they're kind of creepy looking. Huh. But anyway, so is that mural and it pans over and then um, Samir is in the, the mural now. It's just like the end of The Shining. It's exactly like the end of The Shining. Which is also it's weird. I saw somebody tweet out this clip from a Key and Peele sketch mm-hmm. that also ends the exact same way with a reference to like Jordan Peele's character being stuck in the picture like the end of The Shining. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so the implication is that J.C. Wheeler's been there for a long time helping to trap people in I don't the think, soul of the comedy club? I don't think we're meant to know exactly. Okay, Sure. It's yeah. all up in there. Jeff Cork, I've been meaning to ask you for the yeah. last 20 minutes of this podcast, what did you think of this episode? Oh, I did not like this episode. <laughs> this episode super sucked. It, it's it's just this ponderous mess that just goes on forever. You, yeah. And, and I, don't th- I think that the problem that, that I run into with The Twilight Zone is I think a lot of people associate it with the twist, and the twist is what makes it good, but I don't right. think that's necessarily true. Yes. I think you have to have characters that are interesting and situations that are interesting and scenes that, and interactions <laughs> that are interesting. And this is just like all built upon this twist. And the, well, just a twist of him doing himself. Well, I think that, but the problem is then if, when you figure out what the twist is, right. Within the first 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. There's not enough to keep you going at that point. You know what I mean? Like it isn't like, I'm not interested in this world. I didn't think any of the characters were like, I want to spend more time with them. I think he's funny. Not, not the material. Like I think the point of the material is just that he's just shouting out names and this ravenous audience is just feeding on it. Yeah. And so like the fact that the first few times were jokes is just completely coincidental. They just wanted the bodies. Right. So let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor and then disappear into our gullets. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. So that's the problem. It's like, you're like, okay, I see what's going on. This guy's a dumbass for not having seen it going on. Although he's in the Twilight Zone. So, I mean, it is very unusual. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. That said, in terms of like, you know, believability, if it's believable that he wouldn't understand exactly what's going on, even though Mm -hmm. he's in the Twilight Zone, I thought that the writing actually held up pretty well for people like, I think they all reacted the way they would if they didn't know what he was talking about. Like, I love the girlfriend saying, like, this is, you're so annoying. Like, that mm-hmm. seems so believable, right? Oh, yeah, or everybody yeah. else just like, yeah. whatever, dude. Just like, he's yeah. a funny guy and he's saying something you don't understand. It's like, yeah. I'm sure he's obnoxious. It's like, yeah, okay, buddy. All right, whatever. Well, like, I guess when he's asking Randall, like, hey, have you seen Devin? She's like, what? You know my sister can't have Yeah, kids. like, that's not funny, dude. That's not funny. And yeah. then, the, then David is just like, oh, no, you're really pushing the boundaries of comedy. That's... Objectively. I don't mean to ask, is comedy art? <laughs> waka waka. Yeah. Oh, real quick. I was, the first time I watched it, like, Dee Dee's drinking a beer at the bar. Yeah. And it was, it was a really weird label. 
So then the second time I, I paused it and she's drinking uh, cannabis flavored beer. Oh, really? Yeah, from To Serve Men. Little, oh, fun. Little, okay. Yeah, well, they there. really packed it in here. They really packed it in there. Uh, it's... It's, it, this is like a conceit that the Twilight Zone has done time and time and time again. So it's kind of like shades of like a most unusual camera yes. or a kind of stopwatch where it's like someone gets a power. This is so broad that it may even be useless for analysis purposes. But like Please. they get a power or something unusual happens and then that ends up being their undoing. So it's like an archetypical Twilight Zone episode. It is. It's true. And the more I was watching, I was like, oh, this feels... I agree it was way too long, but there's moments of this that feel good. And then I realize like, it is like a weird fusion of what we would argue are the two best episodes of The Twilight Zone, which is like, it's a good life, mm-hmm. like vanishing the things that yes. cause you stress. And then also when the sky was open, because mm-hmm. it's like people pop out of existence and then nobody has ever acknowledged them. Mm-hmm. It's and a, it drives the people insane. It's, it's a weird reversal of an episode of The Twilight Zone from the 80s where there was a kid who was like profoundly mentally disabled. Mm. And he was like a recluse with his father. And the kid could look at pictures and summon things into the world by like saying oh, what it was. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a, just an opposite thing of that. I wonder if the significance of that notebook was more prominent because, you know, it's in the intro and then she throws it at him. And then someone was like, uh, hey, guys, I just watched Death Note. And <laughs> we might want to just be like just saying the name because we're going to get freaking sued. <laughs> And then that person, unfortunately, did not see The Shining, and so that just washed over them. Yeah, I I didn't hate the episode. Uh, I overall, at the end, I was like, this feels like a solid 6 to 7 out of 10 old mm. episode of The Twilight Zone. I totally agree that it's way too long, but I think I do, and maybe this is just, you know, thinking too much about social media and stuff, but I do think, like, it's a nice, pretty modern story to tell of just this idea of, like, you're rewarded for sacrificing more of yourself and giving more of yourself out there and that Mm -hmm. temptation of, like, do I want the attention? Do I want to be loved by this meaningless community out there? I guess I'll have to throw more of my personal life out there. And, like, I like Mm -hmm. that push and pull. That does feel like a very 2019 story to tell, which I was happy to see. Yeah, it's kind of at the same time... I, I think a lot of what's going on with the Twilight Zone is, is I think Black Beer has occupied a space in many ways. I mean, there's obviously a big tech focus, mm-hmm. and I think there's a meanness to the core of Black Mirror that may, didn't necessarily exist with the Twilight Zone when it's at its best. <laughs> too saccharine sweet. Some too saccharine say. sweet sometimes. Yeah. But it, it seems as though they're, like it, it kind of deflates some of the ideas and the themes that, that going into the Twilight Zone now, because for them not to acknowledge technology... And the role, like you say, of like social media, because like he's there's like. Well, a, did they of, need to? I mean, you feel those emotions watching it. Like they don't need those moments. I mean, he's going through Facebook and stuff too. I feel like I don't know how they would have hit you over the head harder with that. No, no, no. But I wonder if just the existence of Black Mirror is going to make them ultimately sidestep a lot of issues moving forward. Yeah. Well, we'll find out the next episode how much they depend on technology and whatnot, won't we? Yeah. Um. Overall, I ended up just because the concepts of like you're making them disappear; they never existed. Mm-hmm. Therefore you're not killing anybody. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a fun idea. Yeah. And then also, yeah, I think the social media analogy, if you want to make that, mm-hmm. it's like, those are two interesting beats, even if the episode falters in other areas. And I ended up giving it a seven. Oh, I gave it a five. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You're, woof. Yeah, I you really step. did not like it. The it, first time, it wasn't even just like a, I had to watch it twice, so now I resent it. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, I'm really not into this. And the second time was, I really am not into this. Performances, performances were solid. I think. Oh, you do like them? Okay. Yeah, I think Camille Nanjian does a good job. I think like that. There's a moment where they try to show the couple eating pizza, and it's just kind of like, yeah, eh, I don't necessarily buy this. They need this. some scene of them really bonding before every before the s hits the fan or whatever. Yeah. Tracy Morgan, love Thirty Rock. 
Yeah. Like Tracy Morgan. It's one of the things of like, I this character is not having an impact on me with this performance, I guess. Which is weird because I did read a little bit online after I'd written my notes. And there are people that are just like astonished that he's so good. I was like, huh? Really? That's yeah, weird. I mean, I guess he's a little bit odd, but not in a way that conjures any yeah. emotions yeah. within me. Yeah. It yeah. kind of reminded me of like the the like a menacing guide from uh, like remember like a nice place to visit. The angel who you think is like you think it's Right. One thing, but it's actually like the other thing. Classic uh-huh. Twilight Zone. Yes, yes. Also, in terms of just like the episode not giving us enough credit, like that entire buildup mm-hmm. of like, now I'm really going to do somebody who's had it coming for a long time as the girlfriend screams like, I wrote my notes. The second she storms in, is like, okay, this is when he does himself. But like they really try and build it up. What percentage do you think of the crowd watching this thinks that he's going to banish the girlfriend? Oh, geez. I bet... I bet it goes halfway. Half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Also, what do you think about them giving away this episode for free on YouTube? Because they did that. You didn't have to pay for it at all. Really? It's it's a telling sign. It's like, this is the one they give away. I guess like Camille Nanjiani's big. Mm -hmm. Big Sick is great. Yeah. Um, And so maybe they're going, but there's got to be better star power in later episodes. Even like Adam Scott isn't a bad get, you know? Even like star power notwithstanding, I just don't think this is a strong episode. Like if this is what you want to sell a new audience on. Yeah, so why do you think they did it? Is it for like the Easter eggs of it? And they planned it to be the first episode for that reason? I don't know. It's an odd choice. It's what a if really this, odd choice. It has me scared of like, what is what if this is the best episode of the entire yeah. run? That's why they chose to give it away for free. Yeah. It's also kind of a weird message too, which I... I think you can read a lot into it, but it's kind of like, you know, f- you audience, which is <laughs> strange. It's is like, it? what do you want from us? Like, it's like, they're basically saying like, you people won't be satisfied until you've devoured our personal lives. It's like, nah, I'm not interested in that at all. Just, well, be funny. You got to remember where it's coming from, right? Jordan Peele clearly has his hand in every aspect of creation of this show. <laughs> uh, no, but like the writer, uh, Alex Rubens, uh, he was a writer on Key and Peele. Like, he comes mm-hmm. from a comedy background as well, you yeah. know? So, like, the, I'm sure it's coming from a pretty personal place for them. Yeah. And then you get Kumail up there. So, he understands the feeling of having to give your soul away, you know, on stage. Yeah. And maybe it is that little bit jarring thing. Like, we don't really feel that too much on the comedy angle. Yeah. I don't get that. It's almost like when, like, I'll bring Stephen King up a lot. Yeah. But he, he writes about writers a lot. And it's kind of like, it's just a hyper-specific reference that I find, like, I'm a writer, but I find a lot of what he's talking about just unrelatable. Like You know, getting to chapter 34 is always a pain. Am I right, writers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I understand, like, it's got to be a soul-destroying thing, like writing comedy and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But is it, I feel like it's like cl- like pointing a finger at me and saying shame at something I don't... I'm not involved in it at all. It's not like it's showing, like, this is a story about racism and we can all examine ourselves and how we treat other people. Right, this right. is like... All you want to know is about my personal life. It's like, I don't care at all. <laughs> Just say some funny stuff, please. Tell me more of that Second Amendment stuff. That was awesome. <laughs> 11.1%, huh? Oh, well, Look, how long do you think you'll remember that, though? I bet Remember what? I bet four years from now, if you ever read the Second Amendment, which I know you have a copy in, mm-hmm. your, in your pocket right now, you'll think back to this Twilight Zone. I think that's like a memorable little nugget. Mm-hmm. Memorable because they beat it into our skulls. Yeah. I think it's it's a fun little refrain yeah. within the episode itself. I'm going to use it on the guy who's like shouting at people on the bus and then he'll counter with like 
a question and I will just look back at my book because I don't know what to say. But <laughs> that's all I know. That's it. Uh, the comedian, ladies and gentlemen. The comedian. Oh, it's good to be home, isn't it? It's great. I God, it. as we're recording while drifting through space, there's little Barbie doll figures <laughs> flying by real quick. <laughs> Everything that we know from home. Absolutely. Uh, next episode, we're going to be covering Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. It's true. This is weird for us to do episode by episode. Normally, we do the five block chunk. Yeah. And I think even season four, I think we did three episodes. So I like diving in deeper here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I hope you like it too, guys. Absolutely. Also, if you want more of us, since we're in the Twilight Zone feed, we also have an AFI podcast where we talk about the band AFI and run through every single song and release they've ever made. To be careful, not the American Film Institute. We need to be very clear. We're not talking... I assume everyone just knows that. There's only one AFI in our hearts and it's the... The much debated band that people haven't thought about since 2006 <laughs> that yep. is AFI, A Fire Inside the Band. It's called A Fire Inside Out, that podcast. Yeah. Uh, okay, ready for the next episode, Jeff Absolutely, Cork? let's do it. Okay, here we go. Until next time, Twilight Highlight Highlight. Highlight. Highlight.